Welcome back, everyone. J-Bone here for Smash This Podcast. This is episode number two, part two of J-Bone's Jacked Up Jukebox. So let's get into some stuff. This is all stuff I've compiled over the last, I'd say, couple weeks. You know, because I didn't put this together exactly how I wanted to. Um, I put this stuff that I found on hold because I did the part one about all the tributes. And if you have not caught that, please go check out part one on Anchor FM. Smash this podcast. The home of J-Bone's Jacked Up Jukebox. All right, let's get into this. We're going to talk a little Motley Crue. And no, this isn't talking about rumors of them getting back together like we've seen within the last i'd say year probably more than ever since their final tour in oof 2015 four years ago it was about four years ago when i saw them i think so something like that and uh man still one of the best concerts i'd ever seen it's gonna be really hard to top it I don't go to see many concerts anymore, but um, hard to top that one. So Motley Crue, what are we talking about here? We're talking about individuals. We're not talking about the group itself. But I'm just kind of lumping all these into one because it's all surrounding the band, the individuals from Motley Crue. Let's talk about Mick. A little bit of Mick Mars. He's got an upcoming solo album. The quote at the top of the article here, the title, he says, I'm trying to reinvent the way that I approach music writing. Now this comes from, uh, most of these articles come from blabbermouth.net. Talks about an interview that Mick had with Billboard recently, talking about his upcoming solo album. And he hopes to release this, it says, in early 2020. So, let's say late winter, early spring, hopefully. Uh, It's being recorded in Nashville, where he's been living the last several years. Nice. Nashville, Tennessee. Got family down there. Interesting. says, it's not like today's music. I'm quoting here. Which to me is pretty much pop metal and more growly guys. It's all cool and it's all good. I'm just searching for something that's just a little different than that. I also don't want to be living in 1985. (laughs) 1985? It was such a good year. Mick, why don't you want to go back? Love 1985. Gosh, what came out then? Oh, was it Home Sweet Home? 85, 86-ish, I think. He says, it's hard to reinvent yourself, but that's what I'm going to do now. I'm trying to reinvent the way that I approach music writing. I've got a lot of crap. I've got a lot of good stuff, too. (laughs) So he's been working with a vocalist named Jacob. No last name, just Jacob. Very interesting. Says he can uh, be a lot of different voices, and he's pretty amazing. 
I go, I want this kind of voice here, and he'll pull it straight off. Well, that's the kind of vocalist you want, I guess. Says he's, uh, he had collaborated in the past with, now I'm paraphrasing here, Andy from Black Veil Brides and John Karabi, formerly of Molly Crew, The Scream. Fill in the blank. He's had a lot of different projects over the last few decades. And he says those have been put by the wayside. So now he's working with a guy named Jacob. All right. And it sounds like he's trying to put out something that sounds like a modern day Beatles is what I'm getting from. I'm not going to read this whole entire paragraph, but if I can paraphrase it down, it looks like he's looking for Beatles type harmonies. That's very interesting. So, um, Hey, you know, Mick's an incredible guitarist. He's, in my opinion, uh, the stuff that he's done with crew is certainly great if you're a fan of the band. But that's barely scraped the surface of his true talents. Because I've seen him do solos and things in separate videos over the years. That's nothing like Motley Crue. That's just so mind-blowing. And I've personally been waiting for this solo album for I don't know how long. Ever, I mean, since the inception of him talking about it was so many years ago. I, I couldn't even tell you when he started talking about this. But now it looks like it's finally going to see the light of day. Let's, let's hope that he can put it all together and get it out there for the fans. Because, man, I'd, I'd hate to see that go by the wayside and see his passing without that going out. Because the guy's not getting any younger. Let's, let's be real. He's, he's not. Also in the news, fellow bandmate Tommy Lee spoke to Billboard about an, another upcoming solo album. Huh. And that's also due early 2020. It says tentatively new, due, excuse me, March 2020. So, all right. Goes on to say here, spent Two years working on this disc, which may end up being called Transgenaires, because one side is all female energy and the other side of the record is all male, he says. It's very eclectic, and I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. That's what I've been excited about lately. What a labor of love. Oh, all right. It says the LP will include a slowed down and insane cover of Prince's When You Were Mine. Now, off the top of my head, I don't remember that song. Prince's catalog is pretty, pretty long and, well, he's <laughs> put out a lot of stuff over the years. Let's see. Guest appearances by South African rapper Push Push, Playa Singer Julia, a singer named Ellie, rap battleist Shadi Haro, former rock star, supernova frontman, 
Lucas Rossi. Oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Sure enough, yeah, he was in that. Uh, it was that rock, that rock star supernova project. Interesting. He had a different kind of voice. And UK hip hop slash dubstep group Foreign Beggars. Hmm. Wow. That's all over the place. Says, I love switching it up from track to track. This is literally a whole, a whole side of one kind of eclectic thing and one side of the other kind of eclectic thing. I like records like that. I don't like records that sound like it's pretty much the same thing. Says, it literally has every single different genere that you could imagine. That's why I want to call it trans genres. All right. Well, I mean, he's done rap, he's done rock, he's done some pretty heavy stuff in the past, um, even stuff with some dance beats, you, you never know what Tommy's up to, man, but um, it sounds like something I'm going to enjoy, you know, and that's why I call this podcast J-Bone's Jacked Up Jukebox, because you never know what you're going to get. I mean, we could get something really rocking like Mick Mars solo stuff, and then we could get something completely out in left field, not even close to what Mick's putting out in the realm of Tommy Lee's solo stuff, which I know we're going to talk about when it comes out here on the podcast. So yeah, I'm excited for this. I, You know, it has his solo stuff been my favorite? favorite stuff in the past no but i've always been very curious as to what he puts out it's always been you know good quality stuff like well produced no matter what it was if it was rap rock or some kind of metal sounding thing or a little more groovy poppy kind of rock it's you know he's he's done all sorts of stuff over the years and last but certainly not least we got a brand new track from Nikki Six's uh, project, 6AM. I shouldn't call it a project. It's a band. They've put out several releases. But this particular release, uh, the new single is titled Talk To Me. It says, hashtag Talk To Me is a movement by the National Opioid opiate excuse me action coalition to use the power of conversation to overcome the stigma plaguing opiate use disorder join us in the conversation the link follows talk to me and it sounds like they've got more songs in the books but this song in particular talk to me if you like 6am stuff that they've done in the past i guarantee you'll probably like this and it's got a strong message out there so um yeah by all means go go check it out i dig this i dig this track um this this three piece has always been tight dj ashba you know now that he's not with um uh, Guns N' Roses anymore. He's he's put all of his eggs in this band pretty much, 
and working alongside uh, James Michaels. I know they got another side project out there. I don't remember what it's called. I haven't heard anything new from it, but but uh, but nonetheless, man, when these three get together, Six, Ashba, and James Michaels singing, man, you get some good good quality hard rock, man, from one of my favorite modern day rock singers james michaels just good stuff he he produces all this stuff too great great musicianship go check it out singles called talk to me just released all right now we're going to talk about something um it was an interview i saw and i don't have the link for it i apologize so i'm going to be kind of just jumping around on this subject but I saw a recent interview a couple weeks ago with Phil Anselmo talking about possibly collaborating with um, Zach Wilde and Rex Brown to do Pantera, like a tribute to Pantera and go tour. So I listened to this interview with Phil. He's quite the character. Still is after all these years. Love listening to his interviews. I did not realize that Phil and the Illegals, Phil Anselmo and the Illegals were playing Pantera music. And from what it sounds like, some of their stuff or some of their concerts were just straight up all Pantera from what I'm hearing, if I understood it correctly. And I guess it would vary from event to event, what they would do. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. So it piqued my interest. And I played a few of the illegals uh, videos doing the Pantera hits from their stuff down in South, their uh, their gigs down in South America, which I knew the crowds were just going to be batshit crazy, just just nuts, because I know they are super passionate down. I mean, there's passionate fans everywhere, but man, you. <laughs> You play some Pantera for a crowd, man. You are going to see a fired up crowd. And these crowds singing along. Man, I'm, I'm sitting here at my desk. I got my earbuds in. And I'm watching these videos. And it threw me back in my seat. And it just, it just wowed me. I was just amazed at how good. And how it's just straight up proper. These sounds, these these songs sounded, excuse me. And and I I even got it was it was so intense and such an emotional moment because I just haven't heard that music played like that in such a long time. So as much as I'm like, you know, talking about, you know, Phil and Salmo and Zach Wilde and Rex Brown and fill in the blank with a possible drummer for the future, 
future reunion of parts of Pantera playing Pantera stuff. Man, if that never happens, I'm okay with it. Because if Phil and the Illegals are playing Pantera's music this good, and I invite you folks, you know, everyone's got their own tastes, everyone's got their own opinions as far as who should play what, as far as playing, uh, you know, tribute to fallen band members from the past, whatever. You got your opinions, I got mine, and I respect that. But if you love Pantera, and you have not heard their ver I shouldn't say their version, because damn, it's 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 spot on. If you close your eyes, it sounds like Pantera, okay? It truly does. Go check out some of the Phil Anselmo and the Illegals concerts playing Pantera songs from this from this past year. And I, I think you'll be amazed. I know I was. Go check it out. And I'd love to hear your opinions on this as well on social media. Hit me up at jbone5150. That's J-A-Y-B-O-N-E 5150. Or you can hit up the podcast Twitter itself at jbone's jukebox. You can also find me at... Uh, at smash this podcast as well facebook twitter instagram hit, hit me up find me um because I, I know everyone's got their own opinions on this and i want i want to hear yours you know next we're going to talk about another a ah, bit of a sensitive subject um something i take very near and dear to heart and talking about stuff like this don't want to spend too much time on it, but I did want to bring it up because this is a big piece of news in my opinion. Metallica's James Hetfield is going back into rehab. Now, I had to look this up because I've seen the movie uh, Some Kind of Monster a few times and I enjoy it. I know people have their different opinions on that documentary some people feel like it's you know they're they're full of crap doing this and some people feel like it really pulled back the curtain and you finally saw what makes this band tick and after how many years of them being around that could be a very interesting subject in itself but a lot of it was about what was going on with the band Jason Newstead leaving, what happened to the band after that, finding a new bass, and a good chunk of it was James Hetfield going into rehab and him just starting a whole new life and how it affected the band Metallica. And I had to go back and look and see when this all happened, like as far as a time frame. Um... I'm getting this off of Wikipedia, and I'm pretty sure this is fairly accurate. Talk about the documentary that had filmed over uh, 
more than 1,000 hours of footage. On July 19th, uh, 2001, before preparations to enter the studio, Hetfield entered rehab to treat his alcoholism and other addictions, end quote. The future of the band was a doubt. Everything was put on hold. And he left rehab in, let's see here, December 4th, 2001. And then they just didn't start uh, recording again until April of the next year. But they announced this on uh, social media the other night. It says, we are truly sorry to inform our fans and friends that we must postpone our upcoming tour of Australia and New Zealand. Now, this was supposed to go from October into November, and that was it for the year. And the only other dates that are booked for next year, I believe, are next, I want to say next April? And they're, I think they're down in South America. Don't quote me on that. I was on the, the Metallica website just looking at tour stuff because I was just curious to see how much they were going to have to postpone, how much of the tour they were going to put on hold. But it's just this leg of this tour for uh, New Zealand and Australia going from October into November. So uh, approximately a month or less. says, as most of you probably know, our brother James has been struggling with addiction on and off for many years. He has now, unfortunately, had to re-enter a treatment program to work on his recovery again. We fully intend to make our way to your part of the world as soon as health and schedule permit. We'll let you know as soon as we can. Once again, we are devastated that we have inconvenienced so many of you, especially our most loyal fans who travel great distances to appreciate our shows. We appreciate your understanding and support for James. And as always, thank you for being a part of our Metallica family. Like I said, this is something I take very seriously. I've, I've, I've dealt with this subject personally in my family and myself a little not that i've gone into rehab but i've had i could say i've personally have had drinking problems over the years uh my mom god rest her soul when she was alive was uh an alcoholic something go that goes back way back to my childhood other family members not going to say who for the sake of privacy other families blood relatives on my mom's side have dealt with alcohol and drug abuse so I know it runs in the family I know it's in the genes um, and all I can say is uh, I hope and pray that he gets the help that he needs and that he takes whatever time 
you know, I, I understand that Metallica is a band. Metallica is a brand. Metallica is a business. I get that. I understand that. And when you're dealing with stuff like this, and you've got to put the band on hold and put life first and foremost i've said that i don't know how many times over the last several months dealing with stuff you know i want to get stuff done on here i can't because i'm dealing with life you know hell my wife just had full knee replacement now she's doing very well but you know i've had to put stuff on hold and uh prioritize that's life and i hope that james hetfield takes the time that he needs for himself and his family to get through whatever he's dealing with and coping with. Old demons, new demons, whatever it is. And that his bandmates give him the nurturing and the love, and not to sound sappy, but this is real shit here. To give him the love and the nurturing that he needs for himself so that he can continue with the band Metallica. Because when this happened before, the band almost stopped entirely. I know that was a question in the documentary. And then they went into counseling and all that kind of shit. It's crazy. Great documentary. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's, it's nuts. Pulling back the curtain. It's a scary thing at times. You got to wonder how much they're going to pull back the curtain this time. Is he going to keep it private? Is he going to show his fans what he's going through? We'll have to wait and see. So, from Smash's podcast and J-Bone's Jacked Up Jukebox, we hope and pray that James overcomes everything that he's going through right now. Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And can get back to what he's doing and kick ass Metallica. Next on the agenda. David Lee Roth. Yes, we are switching gears here, folks. We're going to talk some. We're going to talk some David Lee Roth. Cue the Panama. <laughs> oh, love that Panama. Hell yeah. Takes you back, don't it? News came out recently. This is courtesy of, uh, this is on a couple different sites. I'm pulling this from blabberoff.net. Watch David Lee Roth perform with his Las Vegas band for the first time. Bunch of strapping young lads behind him here. Looking like the captain of something. His ship. The SS David Lee Roth, if you will. So he's got a Las Vegas residency coming up. And he did this publicly for... Uh, Fans or media in attendance ran through a handful of songs. Listed here are uh, Atomic Punk, Ain't Talking About Love, Dance the Night Away, Running with the Devil, and Panama. Kicks off in January 
Go get your tickets, folks. Now, I wouldn't talk about this, but they included a clip. I had to listen to this a couple times to really let it sink in on what I was listening to and everything, just everything involved here. Now, remember, this is David Lee Roth playing with bunch of young guys playing Van Halen songs. Now some people without even listening to it would get really upset. Some people don't care, just want to hear Diamond Dave doing Van Halen stuff with whoever. Similar to how let's say like Vince Neil singing Motley Crue stuff. Does it every night. People go and see him. Because people love the music. And some people will ingest the music no matter how it is served to them. You know? People want it. People will go see it. So it says here in an interview that he did, it says, we do not sound like Van Halen live. You have not heard this, he said. Van Halen Live is lead guitar, bass, drums, sing. Here, we bring it the way a record brings it. To do that requires two or three guitars. We have five people hollering. It's big rock sound. It's not just a gigolo. It's not... It's not brass band. That was a quickie vacation. This is not a tribute band. Okay. He continues, I wrote these songs. I structured these songs. We bring the respect and dignity to what we are doing the same way that the Lincoln Center brings to the Beethoven Festival with the latest Philharmonic. It's a new orchestra and a whole new sound interesting way of putting it don't you think says at press time Roth's backing band hadn't been revealed kind of like Mick Mars singing with a guy named Jacob right <laughs> but he promises a change set a, cha a changing set excuse me of 26 instantly recognizable songs pulled from primarily from the Van Halen catalog. And then it uh, goes on here with ticket prices, and there is a clip from Facebook that you can check out from a fan who was sitting front and center, and it's, uh, you know, edited snippets of these songs put together. Diamond Dave bouncing all over the place like a teenager and I had to after watching this a couple times do like I said to really ingest it I I went over to Wikipedia I was like man how, how old is Diamond Dave right now he is 64 folks he is knock knock knocking on social security's door hey 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 oof we'll cut that one right there uh <laughs> 64, folks. My goodness. I wish I was 
half this flexible and bouncing around half this good, and I'm 45 with a broken frickin' back. Well, it's been surgically fixed, and I'm using my fingers doing the quotes, fixed. But I still cannot jump all over the stage like this man, my goodness. He is just looking slick. Now, I invite you to watch this because I would love to hear your opinions. Once again, hit me up at jbone5150, that's J-A-Y-B-O-N-E 5150, on the Twitter box. You can also find me on the Twitter box at jbones jukebox. Let me know what you think of this. Play it. Let me know. Because he is hitting some of the notes. And damn it, it's just kind of fun to watch him bouncing around. Because, man, it's what he does, right? He bounces all over the damn place. You look at the classic 80s videos where he's... Man, he is just a ball of energy. And he is just lighting up the stage. And, man, you know... And he did it every night. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you, you know, and this is kind of in the same realm. I mean, we're not saying that the other members of Van Halen are dead. But this is kind of in the same realm of this, the discussion that I was talking about with Phil and Selmo and the Illegals playing Pantera music. How do you feel about Diamond Dave with these young bucks? I love using that term. These young bucks playing Van Halen music music because there were just rampant rumors all over the place this year van halen's planning a stadium tour oh my god and michael anthony's gonna be involved oh my god i can't wait when are tickets going on sale it didn't happen it didn't happen the rumors were not true it didn't happen. Did something fall through? We don't know. Are these the reasons that Van Halen did not get together? Was it the money? Was it health issues? But nonetheless, folks, all that aside, Diamond Dave is going to be in Vegas January and March. I don't know. Band sounds tight. For the, if, I, if I listen to the clips again, the band sounds tight. It sounds like the stuff that I hear on the records. But now, you listen to Dave, it might give you another opinion. Doesn't quite sound like the David Lee Roth from years ago. But then again, how many singers from <laughs> the yesteryear of mega big rock sounding have the same voice? I tell you, there are not many. There are not many. You could probably count the ones that still have a diamond voice on a hand. And that's all a matter of opinion. Some people will go see the band with no matter what they put out. You know, just for the sake of supporting them. You never know. So, there's that news about Diamond David Lee Roth doing a Vegas residency. Now, last but certainly not least on this part two of episode two of J-Bone's Jacked Up Jukebox. I know it's been a little long-winded. Bear with me, folks. 
We're going to go way back. Oh, yeah. Folks, we are going way the hell back for this one. We're going to talk about the first concert. Because it's been 30 years, folks. I'd have to go look at the ticket stub exactly, but I know it was around this time of year. 1989. First concert that J-Bone ever went to with his best buds back in high school. L.A. Guns. Riverside Theater. Downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh yeah, Milwaukee. Opening up the concert for L.A. Guns. So technically the first band I ever saw live was Dangerous Toys. Followed by the same amount of energy from Four Guys and Tora Tora. And the headliner, of course, like I said, L.A. Guns. Supporting Rip and Tear that was going to come out, I believe... Did it just come out? I believe it came out earlier in the summer, 89. August? So I missed the anniversary by about a month. So please forgive me for that. But nonetheless, I'm kind of combining the two. So we're talking about 30-year anniversary of... uh, Not Rip and Tear. Did I say Rip and Tear? Cocked and Loaded. Cocked and Loaded. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Cocked and Loaded from L.A. Guns... 30-year anniversary, putting that in tune with the first concert ever that J-Bone went to. I tell you, man, it's a a little blurry. I'm not going to lie. I was a teenager, and just being there, I can tell you, was just mind-blowing. To have dangerous toys come out to a blaring soundtrack of Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic. Lights all over the place, band hits the stage, and it just, I tell ya, your first rock and roll heavy metal concert, that they hit the stage, boom, it kicks you right in the balls. It legit, man, that, that wave of music hits you in the chest, Man, I just, just talking about it gives me goosebumps. Go way back and think about that first concert. It was just amazing. What a triple bill, man. Dangerous Toys back then. All the bands just screaming the hair off their nuts. Just, it was incredible. (laughs) Dangerous Toys, Tora Tora, LA Guns. I was never the same after that. Man, I just loved it. Made me love hard rock, heavy metal even more. But nonetheless, happy 30th anniversary. L.A. Guns. Cocked and loaded. What an amazing, amazing record. Ballad of Jane, Rip and Tear. uh, Magdalene. I Want to Be Your Man. Just the whole release is just loaded with MTV hits that just filled up Headbangers Ball and the request lines and all that stuff back then. Oh my goodness. Such a good time for music. Really was. But we're going to cut that one off there. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
as we go way back and we talk about current stuff and some news and new releases just all over the board in this one thanks for sticking around till the end if you did bless you i'm jay boone like i said you can hit me up on the twitter box you can hit me up on facebook on instagram at smash this podcast hit me up personally jay bone at jaybone5150 that's j-a-y-b-o-n-e 5150 on the twitter box and the brand new twitter for this music podcast jaybone's jukebox so till the next one take care